Good morning, Overlake. My name is Jessica. I'm the worship pastor here. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We're going to worship Jesus this morning. You guys ready? Worshiping with people who take care of the orphan. 
so hungry for Jesus. They just get it. They don't waste time. They want to meet with God because they need him. And this room, this atmosphere has been created throughout the weekend with God's Holy Spirit. And we're just going to dive right into that. If you weren't here this weekend, you just need to know that God has been lifted high in this place. So I just want you to kind of wake up a minute here and surrender a little bit to God. And that's okay if you don't like to move. But let's just at least clap. Can we clap? Show me you can clap because I can see you. It's okay. It's okay to clap. God is worthy of our clap. because you're worthy, Jesus. Make us a little bit vulnerable, God, because you're worthy, Jesus. Come on, church. Come on, let's clap. i 
God, we're so thankful that we can just rest in your presence this morning, that we can just sit at your feet, that we can lean back into you, and that you hear our cry. You hear our hallelujah. We're so thankful for what you've done on the cross, that no matter what we've done, you always come back to us. You've won battles that we could never win. You've beaten enemy that we could never beat. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my Declared the grave 
Christ. I hope you know that the lyrics we just sang, they, that contains all of the gospel of our precious Lord Jesus who came to this earth and he lived in service and sacrifice and he died and was buried and he rose again from the grave. And can we just say thank you, Jesus, together? Thank you, Lord. Oh my gosh. So powerful. Well, friends, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Welcome to Overlay. Go ahead and grab a seat and pinch the person next to you if they're not wearing green. All right, go. No, maybe not. Maybe not. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen, I know. You might want to grab your notes out of your handout, and you will see that we're going to continue our series on teamwork, and, and the idea uh, today is that we're going to persevere. We're going to persevere in the game as a part of our teamwork. And in honor of St. Patty's Day, let's quote from the man himself, St. Patrick, and this is what he says. He says, I pray to God to give me perseverance, that I be a faithful witness of his to the end of my life for my God. Okay, so that's St. Patrick, and he prays for perseverance. And, you know, we're just coming off of our Refresh Conference. So, so we've had this Refresh Conference. If you don't know, this is our conference to, to come alongside those who are involved in foster care or adoption. And, and it's this amazing conference to support families, and there are a couple thousand people here. But here's what's so beautiful is that if you're here in this Refresh world, in this foster care adoption world, you already know a little bit about perseverance. 
right? You already know a little bit about persevering through difficult circumstances for the long haul in service. And, and that's what Jesus is modeling for us and what he's coaching us on. So let's take a look at this from Matthew 20, 25. Jesus called them together. He said, huddle up, guys, huddle up. Disciples, come on, let's take a knee. And then he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. So the first thing you see is rulers and what do rulers do? Rulers rule, okay? They boss people around. And then high officials, what's that? Well, well, they're high, not like weed high. They're, they're like high up, right? They're over people. They look down on people. They're the people in charge. And they boss people around. They're in authority. They're powerful. And they want to make sure that everyone else knows this. Several years ago, Jimmy Fallon used to be on Saturday Night Live. And he created a character on Saturday Night Live. Uh, it was an IT guy. And the whole premise of his skit was he would go in and solve, um, you know, the people, his coworkers' technical problems. He would fix their computers, but he would make sure they felt like an idiot about it. And so he would just lord it over them, that his technical knowledge and his technical skill and making it seem like he's the most important person in the company and, and, and just, you know, really getting in that position of authority over and, and looking down upon. And Jesus says, that's what the world's like. That, that's really what the world's like. The, the world is all about climbing that ladder. The world's all about getting to that place where you can look down and boss people around. That's what the world says is important. And then he says these words, not so with you. And not so with you. In other words, in my kingdom, it's gonna be different. You're not to act like a high official or a ruler lording it over others. Not so with you. You're my follower, which means you have to have a servant mentality. You're to use your strength and your mind and your courage to be a blessing to other people, Amen. right? And that's so much of what our faith means, this call to be different, this call to show up and to serve and to be a team player. And if you're here today and you're already a follower of Jesus, then you already know this, that you're called to walk down a different path, to live by a different standard. We are to love and to serve practically. And so this will require some sweat equity. And this is what Jesus says in verse 27. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Now notice this, that Jesus does not reject greatness. In fact, you might want to circle the word great, or you might want to circle the word first. He doesn't reject this desire to be first. He doesn't reject the desire to be great. But it's so important that we define greatness the way Jesus does. And so that's the fill-in here. A team player defines greatness like Jesus did. And what does Jesus do? Jesus redefines it. He flips greatness upside down. He says, all over the world, greatness looks a certain way, and you probably assume that in my kingdom, it'd be the same, but not so with you. It's a totally different reality in the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, if you want to lead others, you must serve them. If you want to influence others, you must show up as a team player. Now, notice this about Jesus, friends. Jesus never tells us to do something that he is not already doing for us, right? Jesus is not like that kind of parent that says, do as I say, not as I do, 
right? Jesus, he, he teaches things to the disciples and we read them, you know, 2,000 years later. His teaching is amazing and it's powerful and it's challenging. But notice he never teaches us anything that he's not willing to do himself. Amen. He never challenges us any direction that he's not already walking. And, and so then he says this in verse 28, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And friends, this is the most mind-blowing, startling, this, the, this just is off the charts, this quality of Jesus, the God-man who comes as a humble servant. You see, if anyone should have been served, it was Jesus. If anyone should have been adored, it was Jesus. If anyone should have been exalted, it was Jesus. And, and yet you know, you know what happened. The way he was served, he was served with betrayal and torture. He was served with wine vinegar mixed on a sponge and held up to him. You know how he was exalted? He was exalted by being lifted up on a rough wooden cross, elevated so that all could see and scorn and mock. You see, I want you to see the humble heart of Jesus doing these things to serve us as he went to the cross in our place so that we could live spiritually free and connected to him. He came to serve and he gave his life as a ransom. Now, I just wanna be clear about this concept of serving. Serving doesn't come naturally, so we need to practice it. You know what does come naturally? Serving ourselves. Right, serving ourselves comes naturally and thinking about how to manage situations and manipulate situations so that we get the preferential treatment. That comes naturally. But it's a switch, right? It's a not so with you to start figuring out how do we give preferential treatment to others? I'll give you just a real practical example from my home this week, happened on Wednesday morning. So there are four of us that are getting ready for school or work in the morning. We're all sort of getting ready at the same time. And apparently my hot water heater blows because it does not have enough hot water for four showers. Are you with me? Nobody's tracking with me? So on Wednesday morning, I get in the shower and I just hop in the shower. I'm like, ha, hey, ha, ha, it's so cold. I am so glad I'm the one who got the cold shower. No, I didn't say that at all. I said just the opposite. I said, oh my goodness, I'm freezing. By the way, it totally woke me up. It actually served me really well in my life. But, but I, I was so uncomfortable and it was so cold. And, and, and my first thought was, I gotta get in the shower first. That was my first thought. I, I gotta get up earlier. I gotta, I gotta manipulate the situation so that I get the warm water. And, and some of you are looking at me like I'm the depraved one. You know this is true in your world. You know that's how we think. And I just want you to understand that that's the shift that Jesus is trying to make. That's the shift. The shift is, oh, no, no, we, we actually serve others. We actually, we want to move our default to the, to the way that they get the preferential treatment, not us. There was a leadership book that came out a while ago. I don't know who wrote it. it the title of it was... Leaders eat last. And I never read the book. I figured that was pretty much the point right there. So, 
Because that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying you want to lead, leaders eat last. You, you want to lead, you want to be great. Uh, if you're great in my kingdom, they're the ones with the cold shower, right? They're the ones who shower last. They're the ones making sure everybody else gets food. They're the ones making everyone else, make sure everyone else gets warm water, right? So there's that posture of a leader which says, I care for others, I serve others. And, and, and let me tell you why it matters. Here's why it matters, because when you serve, God takes your heart and he molds it to look like his. You see, he's molding us and shaping us to be more and more like him. And so we want to be molded into the character of Jesus Christ. And, and since Jesus modeled this overlake, this is what we want to go after as we follow his lead in our life. So we listen and we watch and we see an opportunity to serve. We don't wait for someone else to respond. We jump in as a team player. So let me move this into a really practical place. The next fill-in is this. A team player sees needs and responds with love. Sees needs and responds with love. Pastor Rick Warren, my former boss, says this. He says, we are saved to serve, not sit around and wait for heaven. We're saved to serve, not sit around and wait. And in other words, it's not a passive role that Jesus has invited us into in his kingdom. It's a love that puts things into action. Last week we talked about four of the most powerful words we could utter, and they're the words that Jesus utters toward us, and they're the words, how can I help? And that's what Jesus has asked of us. As we talked about Psalm 46, one, where God is our ever-present help. And a team player is attentive and responds in love. And the truth is, if you see a need, you are automatically responding to that need. The question is, how are you responding? Because when you see a need, if you're attentive to the need, what you could do is pretend that you didn't actually see the need. If you see a need, what you could do is mutter that somebody else should take care of that problem. Right? Like, so there always is a, a response that we have when we see a need. So the first challenge is to be attentive, but then the second challenge is actually then to be responsive and to jump in and help solve that need. I'll give you just a really small like, a, a example from our context. Some of you guys know Pastor Pat on our team, and Pastor Pat occasionally, when he comes to work here at the church, he'll take the bus. And the bus stop, you probably know, it's right outside the church on Willows Road. So there's a stop right there. So occasionally, Pat will get off the bus, and he'll start the 3.8-mile walk from Willows to the church property here. And as he walks across the parking lot, he'll notice, you know, a gum wrapper on the ground or a Safeway receipt on the ground or, you know, apparently Pat has the spiritual gift of spotting trash. That's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> gift. But then that's just an awareness, right? That's just an attentiveness. But I hope you know from Pastor Pat, his heart is the heart of a team player. So he picks those things up. So Pat actually does a great job of picking up trash like all the way in and, and he throws it away. And that's actually one reason I'm so thankful you're on our team, keeping our parking lot clean. Thank you very much, Pat. I love you. And there are beautiful examples of this, these kinds of displays of teamwork. In fact, there were teams around Overlake working together just this past week to meet needs in love. I'll just give you a few examples. Uh, this week, our safe parking meal list became filled through June. 
So in other words, over like you just decided we're going to show up and we're going to bring meals all the way through June. And, and I, I, I pray God blessing over you. Uh, some of you, you showed up, showed up at the high school Leavenworth camp. And you were there and you were caring for and serving students, the hundreds of students that were in Leavenworth, and that was beautiful. And there were hundreds of you that showed up at the Refresh Conference this week in order to serve and care for and minister to the needs of the families that God brought to this conference called Refresh. And it just is so beautiful. That, that, that was the bright spot for me of the conference, was seeing the beautiful hearts of Overlakers serve. It brings me to this next fill-in here, that a team player shows up and keeps showing up. Because the truth of the matter is, in the kingdom of God, it's not just a, a one and done. It's not just a check off the spiritual list and then never show up again. The idea is you show up and you keep showing up. You serve and you keep serving. And that's where the perseverance comes from. When I was in seminary, one of my favorite professors wrote a book, and the book title was 90% of helping is just showing up. And that is actually another example of a book I pretty much figured I had by the title. <laughs> but it's, we show up and we keep showing up and we persevere. And of course, this is what the scripture says in Romans 12, 11, Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Right? So it's not laziness, it's, it's not lethargy, but it's working hard enthusiastically for the glory of God. Check out this passage that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And right now, I'd love to uh, bring a friend of mine up who knows a thing or two about training and running. Would you welcome Pastor Pat as he comes to share? All right on. I, I have to say, it, it, it's so fun to be able to speak on St. Patrick's Day for a little bit. This is just so fitting. And, and in case you think I'm not wearing green, you will get the pen pinch penalty because I got green socks on. So I'm ready. Uh, but I love this portion of scripture that we just walked through out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And, and as Mike said, it, just this imagery, this metaphor that Paul puts into use. Not, not just here, by the way, uh, but he goes back to it a few times in a few other letters of this idea of kind of being like an athlete. Like the endurance required, the discipline required in our journey of faith. And what I want to do is invite us, let's look back at verse 27. There's two words I want to encourage you to circle in your notes there. And Paul says this, he says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I would circle the words discipline and training because I think this gets exactly at what Pastor Mike's talking about of the keep showing up. And what his idea here is this, that, that, that somehow our faith journey, it's not just a lump sum investment of time and energy and, and commitment. It's ongoing. It's consistent in nature. It's very much like someone who's training for a long race. And it's not just the race itself. It's the training required, the consistency. And as we've been discovering over the last few weeks together, that serving is a component of that. That by serving is, is one of the ways in which we're disciplined into becoming more like Jesus. 
A couple years ago, um, I, I, I got into doing a couple marathons. Has anyone ever done a marathon in here? Uh, yeah, a lot of people. Look at this fit crowd. I love it. 11 o'clock. You probably did a run this morning, getting ready for your next one, didn't you? Uh, so I did, I did a couple marathons uh, a couple years ago, and then I did the one-day STP, the bike ride from Seattle to Portland. Anyone done the, the bike ride? Seattle to Portland. Yeah, that's a super fun one, too. And so I got those done, and, and I got the itch then to do an Ironman. So I was like, let's just do this thing. And, and, and an Ironman, in, in case you're not aware, is, is a, a long triathlon. And so there's 2.4 miles of open water swimming. And following that, you, you get out of your wetsuit, and then you do 112 miles on the bike. So you're just kind of pedaling around for a few hours, uh, or more than a few hours. And then when you're done with that, you put on your running shoes, and you just pound the pavement for a marathon for 26.2 miles. And, and you start early in the morning, and they give you till midnight to finish with some cutoffs in between. And so it's this really long, this really lengthy race. And there's one thing in particular about the Ironman is they won't let you sub anything out. You, 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 you don't get to negotiate. You don't get to say, hey, you know what? I think I'll trade. Is there any way I can trade the swimming for just an hour on the elliptical? I'm just a little bit better at this motion, you know? No, 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 no. The race requires swimming and biking and running. What I think we need to glean from this is that similar in our own faith, there's some disciplines that we're invited into by Jesus Christ himself that, that he's saying, do this and you become more like me. And serving is one of them. It's non-negotiable. We don't, we don't get to say, well, I'm not, not really into serving others. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just do more memorization of scripture or, or some more prayer time. Or it, it's, it's, it's inclusive of all of these things, that they all work in harmony to put us together into more like Christ. This is, this is actually a picture. I brought a picture of this is me a few steps from the finish line. So uh, you can tell I'm a happy guy. Like the journey is almost complete. And so I'm just a few strides from the finish line. And, and family's there, friends there. It's in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And so it was easy for my, 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 my folks, my family in Spokane to make it over. Uh, but these were the moments that were most fun. It was most public. There was like celebration. All the pain just left my body as I was just kind of riding the cheering of people and cruising across the finish line. I didn't bring any pictures of the dark, lonely, cold bike rides with saddle soreness. I don't have any pictures of just the hours of just being out there on long runs with sore muscles. No pictures of being just tortured in, in, in Lake Washington, being tickled by the seaweed. I couldn't stand it. And yet, that was part of the journey. That was part of the training. That was part of what goes into this work. And so my, my challenge would simply be this over Lake. Would we become known as servants who are just persistent? We persevere. We just keep at it. We, we keep showing up. And so that's really what I just wanted to share as we kind of wrap up that idea. Awesome. Hey, can we thank Pat? So great. So great. Uh, you really do inspire us, my brother. That, that is incredible. And by the way, just for the definition, I thought the definition of Iron Man was insanity. That's what I thought. Uh, but uh, Pat, I don't think you're insane. I just think you're, well, a little insane. So... Um, Galatians 6.9 says this. Paul writes, he says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing 
if we don't give up. Let's not get tired of doing what's good. You know, we've got some beautiful examples of leaders at Overlake who have been living out this verse. These are men and women who have been serving in our ministry for five years or more. And they have been consistent in serving for five years or more in their given ministries. And, and, and I call them legacy leaders. Every single one of them inspire me in my own journey. They're living this verse, Hebrews 12.1, which says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Could you just circle the word endurance? Let's run with endurance. That perseverance, that stick it out, that steadfastness. And this is a challenge for us to go deeper, and it's a challenge for us to follow through on our commitments. It's a challenge for us to be willing to be team players on God's team with God's agenda, with God's criteria, with God's schedule. But friends, I have to warn you that if you do sign up to be a team player on God's agenda, with God's schedule, you need to know that from time to time, you'll feel a little bit put out. You'll, you'll feel a little bit disheartened. It's just, it's, it's just par for the course. I'll, I'll tell you, one day I volunteered to serve my buddy by helping him move, and it was the longest 19-hour day of my life. There was one time I was leading a mission trip down into Mexico, and, and we were serving in this community, and, and so I was with a, a big group leading them, and we ended up coming into town, and we met an elderly woman who was intoxicated and begging for food. And so we went inside and we bought her this huge meal and we brought it out to her just to serve her and she promptly began to cuss us out. So it happens like, that was weird. Like, like, and then she ate the food and was, you know, really happy. But it just was a weird moment. There was one time I was serving in a, a nursing home and we were with a team and we were actually helping gather the residents into the main hall for a group activity. And, and so I had gone into a room to meet uh, this beautiful o older woman and, and she said to me, she said, you're a, you're a handsome man, but you're a small man. So it won't always go Norman Rockwell as you serve, right? There, there are oftentimes when these odd, uncomfortable, awkward moments might happen. But friends, every once in a while, every once in a while, God gives you a glimpse behind the veil. And you see that he's, he's showing you that, that there's this harvest of blessing if we keep showing up, if we keep on keeping on. And, and you'll be blown away by how good it is to serve as Jesus calls us to serve, as I was serving in Refresh this weekend, it was a, the, the last session was over and everyone was leaving and there's this line of blessing where people are getting prayed for and, and I was kind of over on the side and, and there were several that were coming up to me and, and just chatting with me for a bit and, and so I was shaking each hand that came and, and, and one guy came near me and so I reached out to shake his hand but instead he just gave me a bear hug. And so I... I hugged him, and, and as I hugged him, he hugged me even tighter, and then I realized that, that he was crying. And then I could sense that his whole body was trembling and shaking as he sobbed, and, and so I just, I, I just held him tight, and then I began to speak the words of Jesus over him. And I just, as I was hugging him right in his ear, I just said, 
you are so loved by God. I just said, the Lord delights in you. He takes great pleasure in you. I said, God is at work in your family today. I just, I just held him. And he, just, he just was shaking harder and harder. And I couldn't think of anything else to say after a while. And so I just whispered, keep going. Keep going. You're running a good race. Keep going. And what I felt like was that the Lord was pulling back the curtain and letting me see that there was more going on behind the scenes. There's more going on, that God was already at work in this man's life and in his home, and it was a beautiful glimpse behind the veil. Tuesday of last week, I was at a pastor's training. Pastor Pat and I were at this pastor's training, several hundred pastors there. It was a break, so we were kind of standing up and getting ready to leave, and and another pastor came in. This guy lives up north, and and he started a conversation with me, and, and it turns out that his children, his adult children, come to Overlake Christian Church and their kids. So, so he was the grandpa and the father of a family here at Overlake. And, and what he wanted to do was he just wanted to say thank you for the last 15 years of leadership and of preaching. And, and he specifically mentioned our Kid Town ministry, how it served their family. He specifically mentioned Refresh, how that's come alongside of his family. And you know, as a grandpa, he just was so thankful that his children and his grandchildren, his precious family, were being cared for. And, and I just was overwhelmed by, by this thought that, that this, was, uh, this was a blessing for our whole team. Right? It's, it's the whole team and it's the whole church and we all work together to be a blessing to one another. And before he left, he just said these words. He said, I just want to encourage you, keep going. Keep on keeping on. And it was like the Lord just pulled back the veil and let me get a glimpse of what's happening behind the scenes. And so Overlake, I just want to encourage you to persevere. I want to encourage you to be a team player in a ministry to really own it and, and own your role and, and own what it means to actually show up with your heart and to serve humbly and, and to have the posture of Christ and, and, and show up and keep showing up. Have that attitude of perseverance. Have that attitude of endurance that you're, you're gonna keep going. You're, you're gonna keep on keeping on. And, and over like, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us because I believe that's my prayer for the kingdom of God. Amen. Why don't you stand with me now and let me pray. And we just ask Jesus to fill us with his love and to fill us with his power and to fill us with his passion. If you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just want to tell you that we are so very thankful for you. We're so thankful for how it is that you have modeled serving to each and every one of us by the way that you have served and sacrificed on our behalf. You were the one who left heaven. You did not remain distant. You did not want to remain as distant ruler or high official over us, looking down on us, but you left your throne and you came to this earth and, and, and you lived in poverty and you lived in humble service. You healed and you blessed and you brought the light where there was darkness and and you brought hope where there was hopelessness. And, and you modeled serving in the entirety of your ministry. And then you gave your life as a ransom. Then you allowed yourself to be beaten and broken and nailed to a cross. And that was for my sin and that was for 
all of our sin. And Jesus, you paid that penalty, and, and yet you did not remain in the grave, but you rose again. The work was complete, and the victory is yours. And, and now, because you have overcome death, and because all authority is yours, you actually empower us, and you dwell within us, and you say, you can do it. You're stronger than you think. You can keep on keeping on with my help. And so we ask you now, Jesus, show us where to serve, show us how to serve, and give us the strength and the courage to persevere in serving. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
to be reminded that Jesus has won the war, that the victory is his. It's, it's an eternal victory. It's a beautiful victory, and it's, it's so good to be reminded of that. Well, why don't you grab a seat right now? We're going to continue to worship Jesus with the giving of our gifts, tithes, and offerings. Uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to just, you know, kind of focus on what it looks like for us to try to put some of this in, into practice. And so if you would, grab your connection card and finish filling that out. You'll notice on the back that there are some action items. There are some ministries that if you need some information on, we'd like to get that to you. And, and if there's a ministry that you're interested in that's not on here, go ahead and write that on the card and we'll go ahead and follow up with you on that as well. Uh, if you have a prayer request, put that on there. We, we've got a team of people that would love to pray with you. Again, that's their ministry. That's the, the, they're serving the Lord in that capacity and they delight in it. Uh, so we love lifting up your needs. To Jesus. So go ahead and finish filling that out. And then as the offering buckets are passed, you can drop those in. If this is your first time, we are so glad that you're with us today. You hold on to this card and on your way out, stop by the Connection Center and, and they'd love to meet you there. Uh, they'll trade that card for a gift. It's just our way of saying thank you for joining us this morning. Okay, so ushers, why don't you come and we'll collect these cards. And then uh, while those buckets are being passed, uh, go ahead and watch this video. Hi, I'm Regina. I've been serving for many, many years. Um, when I was married, my husband and I served at the church that we went to uh, down in California. And together we would be greeters at the front door, so helping folks get uh, situated at the church and uh, uh, ushering them to the proper seating. We eventually um, wound up uh, 
getting a job transfer that brought me to Seattle and um, eventually began serving here at uh, Overlake Church. I started serving at Overlake because um, Mike one time had asked for volunteers and it'd been on my mind for a while and I said to myself I wasn't sure how I was going to serve or where I was going to serve or even if I really had the time to serve. You know, I work in technology and I'm really busy, full work week, sometimes I'm out of town and um, you know when they have the tithes and offerings, the lady that passes the bucket to me, she said, um, she and I got to talking one time before church and she had mentioned to me that, heck, maybe I could do that. So I did. <laughs> uh, I was nervous um, to serve because I was brand new to the church. I didn't know anybody. So I moved up to the area here and um, uh, unfortunately we discovered that my husband had stage four cancer and was going to die. There was no um, uh, remedy, no cure, no nothing that uh, could be sought out. But throughout that entire process, even though it was as challenging as it was, um, I continued to serve because I knew that I needed to be around uh, resources that would help me uh, through this really difficult time. Um, and it was, it was so hard with a new job. No friends up here, no family up here. And um, I met uh, most of my friends through serving here at uh, the church. I feel like um, one of the best things you can do, especially when you're going through a challenging time, maybe a loss of a job or um, a divorce or a separation, that is especially the time that you want to stay close to the church. And one of the ways you can stay close and uh, um, get that guidance and the help that you need is through serving. I am telling you that I feel like serving has really um, impacted my life. I just am stunned about the blessings that I've received from serving and staying close to the Lord is stunning. My encouragement to folks who are really thinking about serving and are um, feeling like they want to but they're unsure, I know how hectic our schedules can be, but I'd like to um, tell you, why don't you just go ahead and move forward with it. I'm happy to help out. You know, if you see me in church, you know, let me know. I'm, uh, I can be, uh, help you, get you connected with some of the folks here too, but frankly, if it's on your heart and um, you're trying to figure out a way to serve, just let any of us know. We'll figure out a way that you can help contribute. Yeah, love that. Love Regina's story there. Let's stand together. I, I think what she shares there is, is, is a lot of wisdom. And, and one in particular is that serving really does become an avenue for belonging. And I think we've seen that in this series. That's actually part of my wife and I's story in our journey here at Overlake. But uh, we want to make this as easy as possible, again, to, to take this step of joining the Overlake team. And so on your way out this morning, you'll notice that there's different tables, different ministries represented. And, and these are all ministries that have a need, that there's a, a, an express need for more people to, to jump in and get involved. And so... Uh, please uh, pause, stop by, have a short conversation, sign up for more information. And, and, and then there's a serve info desk as well. If, if there's a ministry not represented that you're curious about, stop by there to get information on that. And then the second thing is this, that if there's any way we can be lifting you up in prayer uh, before you leave is, is swing by the prayer alcove. It's on the second floor. We'll have signs that will direct you there. But we have a great team that would love to listen, hear what those needs are, and, and lift those up to Jesus with you. 
And now do this. Lift your faces heavenward. I have words from St. Patrick, a blessing he wrote that I want to share with you guys to send you out of here with. And now, Overlake, know this, that Christ is with you. Christ is before you. Christ is behind you. Christ is in you. Christ is beneath you. Christ is above you. Christ is on your right. Christ is on your left. Christ when you lie down. Christ when you arise. Christ in the heart of every person who thinks of you. Christ in the mouth of every person who speaks of you. Christ in every eye that sees you. And Christ in every ear that hears you. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.